0: if you're not thinking about the people that God's thinking about, Mm. your vision is but for a moment. Mm. But if you actually are thinking about who is God thinking about in kind of my vision and what's my strategy to reach the least of these and those who don't have the gospel and those who don't have love and those who don't have care, if you're not building a strategy for them and that they can be empowered to help their neighbors and their friends, if you're not thinking about them, then in a way it just becomes about you Mm. and i just don't think this is an hour where god's going to exalt one man or one woman to carry the day one man or one woman under the honor of god can inspire many Mm. you know and can impart something but they can't build something without really being in it for the people
1: We were just talking. We just got out of a good Jesus hour, which yes. I had to do a little plug oh, right here. Jesus hour. I love What's Jesus hour. We're just experiencing the presence of God every mm. weekday at noon. Mm. Just a
0: shameless plug for Jesus hour and for uh, corporate prayer. Absolutely. Why Don't should me. you be shameful about talking like, about Jesus hour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you cool know, maybe does. we can just, I just want to say this sure. just to reiterate that is there's something about being in the presence of God together without an agenda other than jesus that uh goes places where other prayer meetings or preaching or other deals don't right and so i love what you've cultivated your own leadership and your team has cultivated that here at antioch waco monday through friday man people can come in and get encouraged built up healed and restored Kind of as a byproduct, they like you know yeah. people come in with needs, but that's yeah. not why they come. They come with hunger, mm-hmm. and the hunger produces an atmosphere, and that atmosphere produces life, and uh, so it's fun to fun to hear you know kind of what I call byproduct testimonies, yeah. not even intended testimonies, yeah. and isn't that isn't that beautiful about Jesus? I was just mm-hmm. I was just thinking about Peter saying. Even our shadows begin to heal mm. people, right? The the, the shadow uh, of the Almighty or the shadow of mm. of God. And whenever we get in his presence, it's it's that opportunity for the shadow, the 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 wow. the, the glory, the shadow <laughs> of God to That's walk awesome. by. And uh, and I just I just love that, man. Yeah. Anyway, man, it wasn't looking for so all that encouragement. <laughs> yeah, but it's Praise beautiful, God. yeah. No,
1: I agree. We were in some other meetings earlier today, and we were just doing something that you normally do whenever you're sitting with people and you're you're killing time. Uh, One of the questions that people ask you a lot and that you love to be asked about is questions about leadership. Mm -hmm. Just ask me a question about leadership. Mm -hmm. And so today the question came up, and I thought we, this was, it was so good. I think we should talk about a little bit on the podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, But the question came up today, what's the... The question was, what's the latest thing you've learned on leadership recently? Yeah,
0: yeah. and I said I was I was uh, out in California a few days ago, and one of the leaders was talking about the book of Nehemiah. Great book, by the way, on, <laughs> Every book uh, the on just building good. the kingdom and, and how God builds things that last and all that great stuff. Yeah. So in the book of Nehemiah, they get about 26 days into rebuilding the wall. So God had already spoken. They had a word of the Lord. They had a mind to work. They are going for it. And then the naysayers come up again. Mm. You know these guys, right? It's, what are you doing? You're too small. Uh, you mm. can't do this. You're doing this out of rebellion. You're not doing it for good, but you're doing it for evil. And man, just about every kind of classic accusation of the devil you can come up with. But the interesting thing about the enemy, it wasn't through directly through the enemy, it was through a person. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I always want to be careful of is being the voice of the enemy. (laughs) That's so good. You know what I mean? Like 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 you thought I was gonna say, Golly, sometimes people are the voice of the enemy. I was saying sometimes I'm the voice Mm -hmm. of the enemy, not wanting to be, but just being negative or naysaying or kind of taking turning out people's faith or whatever. So in the book of Nehemiah, these guys are working hard what they believe the Lord of God is to or the Lord to build this wall. And it gets about half time they get all this negative stuff. Well, then you kind of think they're going to quit, but the story goes on pretty quick and they finished. Mm. They finished in 52 days, mm. which is a miracle uh, to finish rebuilding this wall that had been collapsed uh, for, for the people of God, yeah. building the city. And um, And so this leader said this, he said, you know that people need vision every 26 days because the enemy is always coming to steal the work of God And if people don't get envisioned every 26 days, Mm. they end up quitting on that which God has called them to build. Wow. You know, and and then I thought for a minute, I think I need to be uh, encouraged every 26 minutes. (laughs) 26 (laughs) seconds. (laughs) Yeah, but as a leader, never underestimate the power of inspiration and recalibration. Right? Yeah. So I'm inspiring the heart around God's will, God's desire, God's design. I'm calling out that thing that that God's spoken uh, to yeah. us, but it's also a recalibration of, all right, let me line up again with what God's doing, what mm. God's wanting, what's God's saying. And then it gives me insight and power to fulfill the strategy and the execution. Yeah. But, but you gotta have that constant renewal of vision
1: yeah.
0: uh, on a personal level, on a life group level, house church level, and on a corporate level. Yeah. Uh, and even for us as the body of Christ, hey, we're on one team yeah. pulling together for the glory of God. Absolutely. In, in leadership, sometimes I, I,
1: for some people, they have a tendency to under envision. And sometimes people, I, I don't know if there is an over envisioning, but sure. sometimes you can just keep pushing the people with right. inspiration, inspiration.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know you and I kind of right. run off of inspiration sometimes, sure. but what what have you learned in terms of the area of Keeping people inspired without driving them
0: too hard. Sure. Yeah. So, so you kind of have, so look at, look at those three ways. You have inspiring vision, and man, that's what catalyzes people. That's what causes Mm -hmm. movement. Then you have healthy, Jesus centered strategy. Yeah. So, okay, what now, how are we going to do that inspiring thing? Mm -hmm. And who's going to be involved? And how's that going to happen? And then you have kind of ground level application. If it doesn't work for everybody, then it's not, or give an opportunity for everybody, Mm. then it's not going to work for anybody in the Mm end. Uh, so you've got vision, you've got strategy and you have application. And I think that if you don't think about the people who are the, the kind of the base level person or the new person or the person that, um, uh, needs the most amount of help. If you don't think about them, when you're putting your strategy together, you end up uh, just re- uh, multiplying people like yourself, mm. but you don't end up moving the masses forward.
1: Yeah,
0: it's good. So, so let me say it, uh, uh, yeah. another way yeah. is that inspired people tend to inspire inspiring people. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily change the world because they're not willing to go to the strategy and the application level. They're not willing to make it simple for everybody. Mm. So, so l- l- let me take a real life example, obviously the iPhone and all that stuff. I read Steve's job book, you know, as <laughs> I've said before, I mean, golly, I wouldn't want him to be my dad. I wouldn't want to follow him theologically. He was a nut, he had all kinds, of, <laughs> but I do want him to make my stuff. Yep. Because he was obsessed with excellence, but he was obsessed with excellence so that anybody could do it yeah right so if you're not thinking about the people that god's thinking about Mm. your vision is but for a moment Mm. but if you actually are thinking about who is god thinking about in kind of my vision and what's my strategy to reach the least of these and those who don't have the gospel and those who don't have love and those who don't have care, if you're not building a strategy for them and that they can be empowered to to help their neighbors and their friends. If you're not thinking about them, then in a way it just becomes about you. Mm. And I just don't think this is an hour where God's going to exalt one man or one woman to carry the day. One man or one woman under the name of God can inspire many, mm. you know, and can impart something, but they can't build something yeah. without really being in it for the people.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And talk a bit about earlier we were talking about the the balance of inspiration and vision uh, versus clarity. Where do you balance that of clarity and how to live it out? Yeah. What it, what is the balance for you when you're communicating as a leader? Sure. Because again, sometimes we can lean more inspirational or more practical. Sure. How do you work with those two when you're communicating vision to people?
0: Yeah, so I I think that you have to know yourself really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for years, I was inspiring people because I thought they were thinking like I was. And Laura would always try to help me and say, they need more practicals. It needs to be more practical. Yeah, I think I, think I feel what you're saying, but I have no idea what you're saying. So she would come back to me. Yeah. And then the big game changer for me is when Laura said, hey, can I tell you something? She leaned forward, she said, do you know that I represent 95% of the world? Like who you're trying to get to do all the stuff that's in your mind and in your inspiration and all that is me. So I probably have a lot of insight that you need to be listening to a little bit more. And uh, now she had the right to say it. She She did it out of love. She did it because she cares for the people. And what I realized is that is not negating inspiration, motivation. It it has to be there or people run out of gas. There's no no gas without an inspiring vision, right? Mm. You just, but everybody literally needs to know How do I get out of bed? What time do I set my alarm clock for? How do I put my shoes on? How do I turn the coffee pot on? How do I open my Bible? Where do I open my Bible? How do I open my mouth? When do I listen? What do I write down? I mean, just every aspect of it, just the world makes life so fuzzy. And most people are living in the present that those who inspire us for the future have to hold our hands in the now. Yeah to make something work and make something healthy. I, I was I was thinking the other day, you know, I I the somebody was saying to me uh, like a, a leader, a person who does a lot of stuff around the world. and They were saying, man, everything you talk about is always about discipleship or practical application or whatever. What is it that got into you to do that? I said, Well, I'm a local church guy. It mm-hmm. had to work. I just it it had to work with the people that I was leading and I was just leading common folks yeah. on a day-to-day basis. And if it didn't work, they let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so the reason I'm a local church guy is obviously I believe it's God's uh, vision, God's plan throughout uh, eternity, right? That'd be enough. Hmm. But I'm also a local church guy because uh, it, it keeps me not only humble, but it keeps yeah. me practical. Yes, and it And it keeps me having to dig deep and and work with real people in real situations so that when you stand on a stage, you're speaking from internal authority that has been worked out in community, not just anointing and revelation. And that's a big difference. Yeah.
1: I'm just say law (laughs) for that is, I mean, that's, can you just talk about that just a bit more, just talk about the importance of even leading, in the local church, even if sure. you're a businessman and you're not yeah. a, pa- a pastor, sure, of course, you're a businessman, but your best, maybe even your best business leadership is going to sure. come from leading on the ground level, everyday people, discipling people in the day to day.
0: Talk yeah. just a little bit more so, about so, the points so here, of local here's, church So Here's leadership. the great thing about church life is that it's a volunteer community. Yeah. So. Because it's, and again, you have a few paid people, but because it's not really compensation based, you have to win the heart, inspire the heart, strategically lead them without any compensation or levers, and then have to sustain it with new people at the same time you know it's kind of like uh, a, a a bit we'll just use business as an example as a business person you hire and fire people right mm. in the church you can't hire and fire that many people you of course certain a few staffing positions but in the end I gotta win you by the Spirit of the Lord. I have to help you by the grace of God. Then you gotta voluntarily wanna follow me. And then once you're following me, I have to sustain you following me without compensation, but only out of love, sacrifice, and surrender. In the Spirit of God. In the Spirit of God. So leading a spiritual community, at the basic house church level in a non-vocational way will help you in everything in life. It'll help you in your marriage. It'll help you with your employees. It'll help you in the workplace. Many of our people who uh, work in different spheres of society here and around the nation, they're, they're like, man, you're an incredible leader. Where did you learn to lead? And it was life group. It was house church. It was just Doing life group, you had to inspire, mm-hmm. you had to teach, you had to train, you had to sacrifice, you had to serve. If you are a good life group leader, you're a great leader anywhere in the community, Absolutely. because you know that our people are first and you know how to inspire them without uh, kind of uh, external incentives, it, uh, mm-hmm. it, just out of the love of God and out of, out of his love mm-hmm. for people. So um, how, how many people, even take it another direction, Yeah, how many, musicians started in the church oh countless. right uh, 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 countless uh, and the the best ones did because they were a volunteer just using their gift for the glory of god hopefully getting opportunities, uh, getting to use their gifts in an encouraging environment, getting training for free, you know, just all that good stuff that the church creates. Now, the sad thing is is that many of them then use it for themselves and it ended up hurting them. And and ultimately it just, it, it, it just doesn't work. Right. But, but the training and the opportunity came in a volunteer community. Mm. So, um, education, right? If you're a good teacher, Uh, You taught Sunday school or you learned how to help people that were hurting or you if you discipled somebody, everybody's got a learning disability right? (laughs) spiritually or practically. So if you really care about discipleship, you're going to run into a learning disability. Hmm. Sometimes I'm in a conversation like with educators or whatever, and they'll say, where did you learn that? And I said, I learned that by simply discipling people. Mm. Uh, they said, oh, you're so wise. I said, no, it's called experience. Yeah. It's not necessarily wisdom. It's just being with people and trying to love them and care for them. You learn a lot of stuff mm. rather than just pontificating and telling everybody what they should do or reading some book and then trying to change the world from the stage instead of change the world from the ground. Mm. But
1: I want to talk about that just one more second as maybe a last question. Yeah. How is, as a leader, how has your heart grown for people over the years?
0: Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'll take it. I'll be a bit dramatic yeah, to sure. get down sure, to sure. The, the basics. And that is, uh, you know, I've been with a lot of people, a lot, a handful of people at their last breath. Hmm. And I've seen rooms where people loved well and it, and the love that 's poured back towards them is just stunning right and i've been where people um you know didn 't give their lives away for other people and uh and it's a sad it's a sad passing. Hmm. Uh, Even if they know Jesus, right, it's never a sad passing in the sense that they will be in the presence of the Lord. So there is no sadness in heaven. So for their sake, praise the living God, right? They're going to be good to go. And there's some level of just uh, not that I don't understand the mystery of a place Mm -hmm. of no sadness. So Mm -hmm. the, the joy is awaiting them. But the richness of what's left behind is always based on love, sacrifice, and care for others, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, First uh, Corinthians 13, you know, faith, hope, and love, these three abide, but the greatest of these is love, is not just a cute little phrase or something we quote or put on a plaque. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely bedrock true. So what I have tried to do, and actually I, I prayed this prayer this morning again. God, what will bring you the greatest amount of glory? What will What will show you love today? And what would be the greatest amount of good for other people? And so at the end of the day, who I loved, and even if I contended with them or wrestled through an issue together, if I did it for their good or for Mm -hmm. the greater good, and then it it, it created health and love. Mm -hmm. So though God is constantly doing a heart work on me, I don't think you get to the feeling of finally being so compassionate. Where you go, you don't know what to do. It's more about... A conviction that loving him and loving them will always bear the greatest amount of fruit in life, mm. and therefore, for me, uh, just living for self's a waste of time. Absolutely. I mean, I, I waste time, by the way, but it, <laughs> but it, it's it's really not of any value. Yeah. And and I want to be I want to be wealthy, not not in this world. I want to be yeah. wealthy. Uh, in the people that I invest in and love and know, and and uh, so that's 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 the mindset mm. that you want to have. Him and them. Yeah. Maybe just a
1: recap, kind of what we talked about. Yeah. Just as a thinking as a leader, you keep people in vision consistently. Mm-hmm. Help them along the way to help accomplish a vision.
0: Mm-hmm. Do
1: it for them and care for them yes. along the way. And this is best expressed in the local church context.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and I'll put it this way. Even if you don't use the word local church, yeah. everybody operates like church if they operate healthily.
1: Mm.
0: New Testament church, yeah. community, discipleship, care, yeah. outreach, all that stuff is present in any healthy organization that looks like Jesus. Mm. That's good. Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.